Hi everyone and welcome to another of our interviews for the Women in the State Agency Facebook group and podcast. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by not just one guest but two guests. We've got Vicky Vibris who's the MD of Location Location and Amy Shields who is the Commercial Director of View My Chain. So welcome ladies, great to see you. Hi Claire, nice to be here. <laughs> Hi ladies, I mean two absolute superstars and such prominent figures in our industry. I'm really excited about this interview. You know, we've we've to, we managed to finally get you both together. Um, I know we're <laughs> we got you know we've all got crazy diaries, um, but I'm so excited. I'm excited to hear your stories and everything you've got to share with this amazing group. So thank you for the tech for taking the time for us and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. That was quite the intro. So yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us a bit about your, we always, we ask this question, but it's great to hear your background and agency and kind of what everything that brought you to, to today, to where you're at um, at the moment in time, especially, you know, Vic with location, location. Tell us a bit of what brought, took you into property and yeah, your journey so far. I had a really interesting or fun kind of story when it came to getting a job here. The day before I got a call for an interview, I was driving through an area called Winchmore Hill in North London and I saw a location location office and it looked totally different to what you typically see estate agencies office like. And I thought oh, that place looks wicked. And I turned to my friend and I was like, I'd love to work somewhere like that. And then uh, I was working at the Bank of Cyprus at the time, so it wasn't riveting. Um, and then my friend called me the next day and was like, oh, I've just got a job, um, an estate agency. They've just opened up a second office in Hackney. And I put your name forward for an interview. Do you want to come down? And I was like, yeah, which one? He was like, oh, it's called Location Location. So at that point, I was like, oh, the universe um, starts flying. So I came for the interview back in 2006. So I've just passed my 16th year anniversary here. Started as a junior negotiator and then worked my way up through all of the various roles. So lettings director first, uh, then sales, then both, then branch manager, then uh, managing director. Yeah. So you've only ever worked with one company in, in agency. Mm -hmm. It's quite unusual that people it tend is, to. Yeah, it through, is. Yeah. Uh, the reason for it for me was because. Um, Quite early on, I knew it was, so I always had a passion around property, interiors, and my dad used to do a bit of um, development, so I knew that it was a space that I wanted to get involved in, and um, when I joined, I was constantly heard, like I'd come up with crazy ideas, um, and whilst most of them were dismissed, there'd be the odd gem that would be heard, and be like, yeah, let's try that, let's implement it, why not, um, and I valued that a lot, because I came from a background where I mean, putting the bank and other experiences to one side, which weren't fun at all. My father used to run a patisserie in North London for, for 40 years. So I was working there from really, really young. Um, we'd call it slave labor now. Yeah. Child labor. <laughs> uh, but I learned some really great, like great work ethic. But my dad was really hard to work for. He was, he made Gordon Ramsay look like a sausage. Like, he was tough. Um, and the experience that I'd had with leadership in the past was really brutal as well. Um, but where I came here, whilst my manager at the time was another Gordon Ramsay, my business partner now, Assad, would always hear me out, give me time, mentor me really well. And we were constantly doing things differently, even from back then. 
Um, and so I felt like I love the area, I love the community and what it lived and breathed, like its purposes, its values. And I just felt like I didn't want to be anywhere else. So I stayed. Wow, that's such a positive way of, you know, <laughs> positive way to, to, to absorb something. And it's about you being you. Is that fair to say? You sometimes need to conform to like, just being someone else or just not allowing yourself to share your ideas. You know, do you feel like you can't um, put forward even what you said is a crazy idea, but obviously it's worked because you've got an extremely successful business and, that, you know, that, and that's down to you and you managing to um, see those ideas out. And though your partner yeah. who supports you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's made a big difference. And I think that and what you said earlier on is really important that we way too often, especially as women up until now, I hope, I felt like we kind of have to conform. Um, and even if I look back and whilst I'm without a shadow of a doubt, a massive nonconformist, I hate it. Um, you know, right maverick, I'll go my way. But I did do things that did conform. I, I was a young woman going out and valuing up against like loads of you know, males in the area that had been doing this for decades and shunning me as the young girl that didn't know what she was doing. So, you know, Vicky would put on the high heels and, and try and power dress and almost fit in and show my worth in ways that actually now when you look back, it's like, that was just ridiculous. I totally understand it and we still do it. But really, you know, um, so yeah. Yeah, we're, but we're guilty, we're guilty, I think, of doing that and having to, you know, be one of the boys. And, you know, Verona says it so well. She's like, we dial up the ma yeah, yeah. male a lot. But, you know, you do have to have those qualities to succeed in a way, yeah, in, in, in a male-dominated environment. Yeah. But it's about sort of really meeting somewhere in the middle, you know, and, and being true to yourself. And that's, again, Verona says that she feels that now she's much more uh, true to herself. Um, so, Amy, what about your background? How did you get to where you are today? Okay, so I started, ended up in agency in 2004, which was a little bit weird because I've actually got a degree in digital media <laughs> uh, and film. So I've got a degree in how to make films. Yeah. Uh, and I worked in Soho for a year and just didn't really enjoy doing it as a job. Loved it at university because, of course, you're just watching movies all day and writing about them. And <laughs> making them which is the fun part right in real life it's not so fun so um yeah I, I randomly went into sales it was a toss-up between cars or houses I randomly phoned Romans ended up with an interview ended up with a job literally started a month later and so it was one of those weird scenarios where it it, it just happened my parents were not happy with me as you can imagine um as they just paid for university there we go. um and I spent 12 and a half years at Romans so um Romans was obviously um you know under Del Norton days predominantly I left there after about 18 months after they sold to Beaumark which was the first investment company they went with um claim to fame I suppose there was I was the first female branch manager um for romans which was pretty cool um and then i left and worked for an really? what, what year was that what was uh, when were you um, appointed branch manager 2009 2010 
and it taken them all that time to get a female branch yeah yeah it was about 2009 so we were just coming out of we were still in the recession but we were just starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel Um, shocking isn't it yeah yeah it was uh uh, yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. And being the only female sat in the, the managers meetings, which were very well known at the time, the Romans managers meetings every month were hardcore, to say the least. Um, so but I loved it. Um, I then left. Um, I felt like I'd kind of achieved what I could at Romans. So I went, I got offered a position, a really good opportunity with an LSLI brand um, called Davis Tate um, to manage an office that let's just say needed some help. Um, but it was an area that I really wanted to work in um, with some big, beautiful houses. And it was kind of my step up into the, the upper end of the market um, and into the countryside. Uh, and that was amazing. Spent four years there. Um, and that was an incredible journey. Um, I really, you know, I loved my agency days. Um, but then I kind of got to the end of that and thought, what next? I need a new challenge. I didn't want to become a area director. I didn't want to be a spreadsheet pusher. I didn't want to be that person that actually everyone in the branch hates uh, when they walk into that office and that mood hoover that people don't like. So I was like, uh, what do I do? I need to stay in property because I love it. So PropTech kind of was just at that point really starting to make traction um, and getting bigger and bigger. Um, And that's when I worked for my found a job with my previous company and then worked up to become the sales director there um, and then I've recently moved over to view my chain uh, literally in two months ago um, as the commercial director again a bit more of a challenge so I'm going to be heading up the sales team and the customer success team um, and building the teams from scratch um, and yeah it's, all, it, it's interesting what you were saying about um, you, you didn't want to be the the spreadsheet queen or you know the person that they hate and all that and I see it so often and I I know I've I've talked to Leona about this before that it's in lots of industries people are really good at something and they want to stay doing it and they want to be paid their worth for doing that but they can't do that because you if you stay being a a negotiator or branch manager you're always going to earn x and it's finding a way so you've you've had to sort of step sideways in in terms of um your your career I know I know it's an onward move as well but mm. I, I can understand not wanting to do the area director area manager role because it's yeah. just yeah I mean it was for me it was also learning different aspects of the property world so you yeah. know as an agent you're b2c sales um which is amazing and, a, and an art and a skill because yeah. the pub, general public are interesting at times mm-hmm. um but I wanted to learn b2b as yeah. well and actually get that skill set under my wing as well um and that is very, very different. Um, I mean, selling to estate agents is probably one of the <laughs> toughest gigs out there. Um, I'm, sure like Romans, I'm sure the Romans <laughs> Foundation set you up as foundation. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, but I think the secret to it is, is my experience in agency and actually just talking to them like an estate agent and understanding the industry and their pain points and the stress they go through from day to day, the stresses they get, um, what annoys them, etc. because it's, it's I think really frustrating when a salesperson just doesn't understand your needs and wants um and I think in the tech world you know whether it's you know anything from CRM to sort of instruction winning tech to back-end lettings tech you've just got to understand the industry inside out and back to front and yeah that's been really important 
would you say that it's quite male dominated though because tech tends to be doesn't it i don't know no, so i think the prop tech world is heavily weighted towards women oh really um, oh, that's interesting. um i mean if you look at the powerhouses we've got you've got people like louise moss at sdl you've got heather up at street inspector with stella um yeah, of course. Yeah. At Akaboom, you've got sandra at data loft uh katie i mean literally the list goes on of women in in the prop tech world it's much i think it's higher than in the senior agency well i think there's more senior women in prop tech than there are in agency yes that's good yeah. Yeah. so that's, now, that's next, definitely well, a good news start <laughs> yeah that we <laughs> it's probably the first so, time <laughs> what would you um, say were your particular challenges, uh, uh, Vicky, to you, uh, challenges as a woman in, in, in agency? Definitely what I touched on before, I think that the age and the gender, you know, was definitely a challenge for me being so young in agency. I, I took over the branch at 23 years old. Um, mm -hmm. And so going out and valuing and being up against and, and two of my main competitors then were both my old managers. So they had it in for me anyway. So it, that was really difficult. Um, I wouldn't even say borderline bullying. I'd say it was bullying um, for sure. I mean, you can look back now in hindsight and go, oh my God, that was really unfair, harsh. appropriate, harsh. Um, but I'm so glad as to how I chose to deal with it. And that was kind of like, just don't engage. You'd be like, that's really unfortunate that they said that. But anyway, you know, and, and move the conversation on. But I did find it really difficult, the, um, the snakiness almost on valuations um, and being yeah, targeted in that way. That was quite challenging. Um, and I think the thing that almost defeated me would have been, would have been that um, going around valuing homes only to hear that you've been almost, yeah, <laughs> down for your age and gender. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'd say that sometimes, Vic, to, to other, when other agents just put you down for the sake of putting you down or try and, you know, point out the things that uh, when you go, you should win a valuation for being the best at what you do and for saying the right things and for, you know, challenging and for being the problem sort of not for putting other agents down. You, sh you should just be selling yourself rather than, um, you know, being in that situation where you have to put someone down to win an instruction, but it's, 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 you know, male, female, it's just, I think it's a bit of a problem within the industry too. We, yeah. You know. yeah, even if you take gender out of it, it's, it's just, you know, it seems to be, you constantly hear, especially the feedback that I get from my listeners now, it's just like everyone just bashes each other and we pride ourselves on not doing that. We don't just say that. And I hope most people don't because that's a surefire way to lose an instruction in my opinion, when you're bashing someone else um i don't feel the need to talk about other people i didn't when i was out on valuations but that was an issue um but i'd like to think yeah overcame it got through that but i still think those behaviors exist um but in terms of other challenges i'm just trying to think what i found it i think one that doesn't get talked about often especially for me is actually um, raising fees and maintaining fees at a decent level. Um, we were always like one of my old managers who, who ran the business opposite us. I remember a sort of God, going back quite a while, they used to be one of the dominant agents in the area. And I was really young and standing outside the office and he was kind of laughing at us for trying to have a fee of one and a half percent. And I've done some crazy things in order to be able to command that kind of fee. And he was like, it's all about quantity, not quality, just churn them out, you know, 1% and just get loads. And that's why I'm doing so well. And I was like, no, 
No, there's, there's a better way. Um, and so one of the biggest things that I always set out to do was increase our fees to one and a half and then grow them from there on out, um, which we did. And we've done ever since. So I think this uh, fee issue in the race to the bottom on fees is definitely in the head of the agent, you know? It's 100% in the head of the agent. And it's like, somebody's doing it for one cent, so we're going to do 0.9. Somebody's doing 0.9, we're going to do 0.75. And, and all they, they've then got to do more and, you know, I, I sat in people's lounge and said, well, because you wanted me to, to match the agent should use before. And I said, no. And I said, possibly the reason he hasn't sold is because he hasn't got time to do it because, he, you know, he's got to take on so many in order to make money. Yeah. And I don't do that. And she's all right. OK, never, never thought of it like that. So I, I think that there's a, we need to educate our, our clients. Um, but, yeah, race to the bottom. No, it's a um, dangerous one to get involved in. Um, and also, I think the um, the people who are very loud on the property industry, I post, you know, like saying, oh, it's all these online agents that have done it. No, they haven't. It's yeah. that it's lack of self-belief. Because if you just go in there and say, right, disregard them. They've only got 5% of the market. It's, anyway. it's just the easy thing to do. It's just the, the it's it's the crazy. easiest if you don't have negotiating skills if you don't believe in the service you're providing, yeah. dropping your fees is just easy. It's infuriating and just because we are so cheap already as agents in the UK and the service you provide if you provide a good service and you know you you're giving everything to that transaction it's not it, um and it's just explaining to people what you give for your fee and as as I said I just think the easiest thing to do is just say yeah sure let's drop it and then that's that's you know that wins you the instruction um but it's it shouldn't be and i i get that Vic, because so many agents struggle to to you know just believe in what they're providing and um be able to charge a fee that they that they're you know they're worth yeah yeah no it's an educational piece for sure and the training that needs to go down with the agents themselves as well as Joe Public is, is a really important piece. But one line I'll, I'll drop in because I heard it recently and I loved it was, um, would you trust me more if I charged you less? Oh, I like that. Oh, I'm having that. <laughs> yeah, I dropped that in there just because it was gold. It was a really good one. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it does come down to that trust element. Yeah. Um, and Amy, what's what about you? What, have you faced any challenges within our, within our industry? Yeah, I mean, I had a long chat with Chris Watkin about this on the sofa because I think I got really lucky. Um, I had the best time at Romans. I had the best time at Davis Tate. I I think because I came out, obviously, when I first started at Romans, um, I really kind of embraced the lad culture, which sounds terrible, but I was not interested in talking to the girls about makeup and... <laughs> Okay. And that sounds terrible, but I was more interested in talking to the lads about football, cars, car racing. Um, sounds terrible, but women, um, you know, and, and actually <laughs> he's cringing now. But I had, you know, I didn't engage at all with the women in the office. I didn't align with them. I didn't, um, you know, they were great. They were wicked and stuff. But I just I just felt a lot more at ease with the guys. Um, I think. Um, 
I was about to say, did they put you down though? Was that that that's kind of no, with each other see, down? It wasn't I, like they that. loved it. They, I think they they thought it was cool that they worked with a lesbian, and I, you know, I just it sounds terrible but I just I think because I worked hard as well I think you know there's there's a level of respect and I think if if you work hard you get the results um you're proving your worth it doesn't matter you know whether you're male or female you know Romans very much was sink or swim you know my first day I got an applicant box a phone didn't get a computer because we didn't we had one in the office at that point you know we shared a computer that had a you know it was sales at Romans Reading or whatever you know one email address coming into the office um you know bear in mind right mood had only just launched when I started so you know we had our hot boxes and our phones um and you were kind of just told to get on with it um but I think that you know the fees are always a challenge um I you know at Romans you know, Foxton's, you know, when I started, they were always kind of 3%, take it or leave it. And at Romans, you know, we were outside of London, but we were commanding 2% fees a lot of the time. Um, but it was 1.5, take it or leave it. We're not negotiating. Um, and if you didn't come back with that green contract, there were stern conversations. You know, we were expected to get the contract signed on the appointment because then you could there wasn't any of this 14 day calling off period and, and you know anti-money laundering regulations it was just get the contract signed um and I think you know when you've got that in you it just bred a different type of mentality you know we were real tough we were real hard-skinned um and I think it got harder as my career went on it, it got a lot harder to command those higher fees um, you know, there were a lot more agents opening. I think when we when I first started in my career, even in Central Reading, there were only kind of four or five agents. I, I don't think how many there are now. Um, you know, probably well over 30, I would have thought, if not more. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's definitely become harder to command high fees, but I was also incredibly lucky as my Romans career progressed, the training you get. Yeah with one of the companies like that is phenomenal you know constant training with people like Richard Rawlins um Julian O'Dell back in the day you know and they give you a fundamentally back to basics high fee charging you know mindset and I think it is a mindset and it's a thing yeah I think it becomes easier when you are doing it for service though because I I relate to that Amy we I was I worked at Foxons and it was you know it was the step I spent 10 years before moving to London but then I had three years at Foxons and it was it was a great environment to learn trade but it was all about selling yeah. selling selling and of course you provided the service but it was about how you know doggy dog <laughs> You're yeah, out. But a buzz you got when you got a contract signed on the appointment and you walked back into the office and you were like ha and you threw it you, know, you threw <laughs> it down on your manager's desk and that buzz you got is just insane and I don't think that's kind of there anymore because of the fee wars that are going on um I'll never forget one of my colleagues you're in the middle of the recession and this is going to sound terrible but the assistant manager who's still at Romans I won't name him but I should because he's an absolute legend um he went out on evaluation middle of the recession um not only were we charging for hips at that point so that was you know 400 pound up front please mr seller um he literally crossed the two percent out on the contract wrote a three next to it and still got it signed so you know if you prove your worth 
<gasps> and he came back into the office with a 3% contract. We then had 3% contracts drawn up and the rest of us hated him. But <laughs> it it was, he's done it. You yeah. know, so again, it, it's it's tough and I get it. Like I speak to agents every day and it is so tough out there. And you've really got to dig deep and prove your worth and add value and build trust and become that for me that empathetic agent that listens you know for the first 20 minutes of evaluation appointment I would just sit there and listen literally just let them ramble on figure out why they're moving their motivation and I think it's almost the same in the prop tech world um most agents I speak to want to have a good rant about something so Mm -hmm. you know it's actually quite often at the moment staffing issues so you know I'll just uh, let them rant for 20 minutes <laughs> let's have a chat come on I'm become a sort of a therapist agent therapist <gasps> and then you, you kind of understand what they're going through and then you can look at how you can help them and I think that's really important yeah absolutely um so Vicky Amy um what changes do you want to see for women in the industry like what would you want to see happen moving forward I think more of a level playing field uh, certainly with with the gents in our world Um, seeing you know a nice even split across the board from senior positions all the way down but I think just a general you know we're approaching territory now where it's always been about the guys in the industry it's always been male dominated and now the women are standing up for themselves and standing on their own two feet and making strides and so on and so forth but what we don't want to do is separate the two yeah um at all i think we have to find a really beautiful harmonious blend and i think actually what we are now in the best position to do is actually support our male counterparts who don't talk as much right let's be honest guys like where you're going to see these kind of videos crop up from men in agency now I know Christopher uh, Watkins is doing a great job getting uh you know gents onto onto the sofa and talking more openly and vulnerably so to speak you know by the questions he asks which is great and that's an amazing step but if we find it hard to talk and communicate and express ourselves vulnerably and openly without fear of you know, being shamed or put down or judged as if we, we, we're we not capable because, you know, we're emotional, which is ridiculous. There's sheer power and vulnerability. I think we also want to start blending the two and actually make our male counterparts more comfortable embracing their feminine side and their empathy and their vulnerability because actually think about how difficult we find it. Now, I've grown up with a lot of being surrounded by a lot of males and no brother and father culturally totally different world from what we find here i.e you know men don't hug and men don't this and i've seen the effects that that can have on people and i'm like we need to give men a bit of a break as well here or at least help them express themselves in some way shape or form so i'm not saying you know oh it's about them now hang on a minute we're just about trying to make strides for women in agency here you know one at a time but I definitely think getting a beautiful blend would be bang on for me. So more vulnerability, more open, honest conversations and just, yeah, everybody expressing themselves better. It's not a sign of weakness. I think it's, uh, I think it's really powerful. Um, I, it's, it's almost a, a show of strength, isn't it? If you, you've got, you're confident enough to, to say, do you know what? 
I'm unhappy with this or I'm unhappy with my relationship or work or whatever it is and um, and that's sort of male or female um, yeah thanks for that Vicky what about yeah. you Amy any particular changes you'd like to see in the industry for women I think just the women just it's so amazing to see so many more women being empowered getting more confident being more shouty as I put it on social media but I think you know I am a firm believer because I, I know there is some amazing females in the industry um, that just aren't shouty you know the amount of operations directors marketing directors I speak to um, on a daily basis that are incredible in their jobs and literally they are the, the steering ship for that agency um, but they just crack on with their jobs they just sit there quietly and and and, and just do it um but it is amazing to see that you know we are becoming more prominent on social media um but I think you know Vicky's absolutely right it's great to see a lot of men open up on social media as well and I think having the likes of people like Rob Brady kind of leading that as well and being really vulnerable and opening up about mental health and he's you know a gym fanatic a runner he's you know quite he's a man you know he's not you know he's likes his sort of gym and all the rest of it but he's just so open about his mental health online, which I think is amazing because it just makes other men feel more confident. Um, and I think, you know, groups like we have on Facebook, you know, are amazing because the support is just there. Often people will just need that little pick me up throughout the day. They've just had a really crappy phone call. Um, it's difficult for me because I can't put mine in there because it might be with a member of the group and then an <laughs> joking. Um, but, you know, <laughs> um you know someone was just going through something just a really rubbish just a simple rubbish phone call and you put it in the group and the support is just there yeah. um and I think you know with men I was always really proud of the fact that my guys you know when I was a branch manager they could talk to me and just little things like I remember one of my my team he was feeling really crappy he was really down he just wasn't himself so I just pulled him straight out the back and said come on what's going on what's up and he just sort of looked down at the floor and he mumbled, you know, my girlfriend dumped me last night. And it's just like, OK, well, come on, let's just go for a walk. Let's just thrash this out. You know, 15 minutes later, he's back to his old self at his desk, knowing that he's just got a crack on for the afternoon and then he can go home and, and, and sort it out. But I just think for men having that person, you know, and for women, and I was very lucky because I think having a person in your working environment that you can just go talk to you know I had it at Davis Bay I had a amazing lady in the office with me she was like the rock of the office and I went through um I started having panic attacks when I was working at, at Davis Tate and she was just amazing because she would literally pull me out the back of the office um talk me through it help me breathe and just make me realize that actually everything was going to be okay um and I think everybody needs somebody like that at work. And I don't think that's just an agency. I think that's across any industry. Well, that's yeah. so scary. I, I mean, panic attacks. I've had a couple, I've had a few myself, and you do feel like you're going to die, don't you? It's yeah. it's like, yeah. and if there isn't anybody around to support you and help you through it, and you know, I'm sure so many women on the group, people listening to the podcast, have felt anxiety to a certain mm -hmm. extent, and it's 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 not easy dealing. and I think one thing which I love about the group is that no matter what you're going through there's somebody else that's going through that and there's that united front to be able to talk about not in the open even in private just to talk about things that you're going through that you might have before not felt that you could there were people out there going through or or that could help you 
that are within the same industry in the same position going through kind of the same thing I mean and for goodness sake, if you can't if you don't trust somebody in your organization to be able to talk to and they're probably there it must be uh, thousands of people that don't that maybe are new to that company or whatever then just reach out to agents together because yeah. you need that person that you can just whatsapp and say can you talk or to have those monthly meetings with to look forward to um you know there are people out there who will just listen whenever whenever somebody puts something in in the group and you know that they've had a shit day or something's happened and they get loads of comments of, of support and you know, ideas and things but also leona and i know that there are also lots of private messages that go back and forth as well. So people who don't feel comfortable going public for whatever reason, maybe because they think somebody's watching or whatever, but they've maybe been through something similar themselves. And it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, agents together, the, the, the women's state agency group, I, I just think it, anything like that that people can engage with, I think is brilliant. And honestly, guys, thank you so much for creating it. Like, genuinely, <laughs> just have to take a moment and then pause and say thank you because the platform that you've created for people to allow this to happen is not just exactly what we needed, but it's a game changer in terms of how people will show up for themselves or those people around them and just removing the stigma from topics like, you know, things that we've been discussing today is just so, so important. And so we can show up better for ourselves, have people show up for us mm. and show up better for those around us as well. Because mindset, which Amy touched on earlier, is everything. And we really need to start talking a bit more loudly about mindset itself you know um because in order to get through the things or grow through what we go through and everything that we're discussing mindset makes the biggest difference and you have growth mindsets and fixed mindsets but even if you have a fixed one we've all been there i'm sure it doesn't mean you can't shift over into a better space and that's going to be really important for the ongoing well-being of the members of this group and and, and everybody else and yeah. um, that's absolutely valid 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 and uh, and it's about having that open communication and being able to see other people who have changed their mindset before you because that's the one thing that we I, I felt there was a lack of Chris does it really well but just sharing the journey learning from the journey and showing how to do it it's that it's that learning from the the, the watching it and learning from the experience from somebody having gone through that experience which is so powerful yeah yeah um, I think that is an opportune moment to <laughs> to say that um Leona you're going to be just taking a bit of a back seat for a, a month or two um do you want to talk about the reasons why or well yeah I'm, I'm going to be I've just been diagnosed with breast cancer I am going in for big operation tomorrow and uh, double mastectomy. Sarah Ed has been incredible because she's just announced that she's been through it. So she's been yeah. a great support. And I've been thinking about a way of telling people, but it's quite daunting because the reaction to it is um, a lot of people want to speak to you and tell you to be positive but actually it's really difficult because you know you've got to be positive and strong but at the same time it's so scary and the moment you're told you have cancer you just think about your family you think about death you think about um this can't be happening to me you just think about all the negatives and but 
you know, th th everybody that has, even though it's been overwhelming, that has sent me messages, shown me support, been there for me in any kind of way, has just added a little bit to making me that little bit stronger to face what's ahead. And, you know, with this group, one in two of us are, is going to have cancer. And it's, it's just something that if I can be there for other people and they can see my journey after everything I've been through the last year I can't like one of the things that freaks me out is that I I was president I traveled all over the UK I did this I, I spent probably the busiest year of my life and I had cancer and that's just like mental to think about but now we go on the next journey um and, and, but you are, I, I think, from the conversations that we've had, you know, I don't know, we've spoken to Sarah Ed about it and her experience, you know, what she's been through is, is something quite similar to yours, isn't it, in terms of the extent of the surgery and the, and the treatment. Um, I just think having that support of other people that have gone through that or, or something similar just makes you, it's not going to make your, your journey easy, but it's... Um, you can plan a bit better, I guess. I, I hope that you know you, you'd know some some of what you might might face, and more you'd just be more informed. I, I guess is, is what yeah. I I, I I was telling Amy because I spoke to Amy because I was meant to be at the NAEA conference yeah. that day, and obviously I got the news, and I was meant to be having dinner with Amy, and then you know next day she told me what to expect in an MRI, which yeah. you, you don't. <laughs> you just people don't and you know Vic and all of the support everybody and a lot of women on the group that then found out through NAA um it it's just so scary so I think it's it's and, and I know there'll be many women in this group that probably haven't told people because it's one of those things you kind of want to hide um because I don't know it's just so hard to talk about and there are times when I can talk about it and sometimes it's like I cannot I just can't um and you know some when people call and sometimes you can so I just want to share the news in a way and you know if anybody is going through something similar um then I am there Sarah Ed is there and you know it's a journey that is going to be easier together and with people that you know I can lean on and support and get support from you know when I need it. Yeah. I'm in awe well, of you, Liana. Um, and if I thought I was in awe of you before this, um, yeah. having being brave enough, vulnerable enough, and having the courage to talk about this with everybody today, I think. God knows how many people you're, you're positively impacting off the back of it, how many women are going through the same thing. Um, and I just think you're incredible for doing it. And I can't imagine how hard it is. Um, but thank you for, for being vulnerable enough to share that with everyone um, and encourage you know, everybody to talk to, to people that they can or reach out to those that can advise in the best possible way. Just be there, just hear. Um, so yeah, sorry. I Thank just... uh, you. Know, I hope it does because I'm, I'm, I'm truly all about that, and I truly want to. If there's anything I want to achieve, it was one of the things with starting the group was to help women have an easier journey. And I'm just about to say that that was one when the first conversation Liana and I had, it was about trying to help each other, and little did we know that, um, well, Liana's story, my story, it, they're, they're things that 
for whatever reason touch other people and help them you know on the on their journey whatever their their journey is so it's uh, shows the, um, the value and the importance of having a purpose that you live and breathe mm -hmm. the purpose that you guys are living and breathing you're now touching so many people so even understanding that for yourself like what do i want to stand for represent how do i want to impact the world lo and behold you go on your journey and whichever way that pans out and i'm sure this is not how you saw it going at all but for whatever reason it has um but off the back of that you're still going to continue living and breathing that that purpose and that's just incredible yeah do you know it's 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 all the things it comes with so you're told you have cancer obviously my mom died of cancer so for me it was the end immediately and dealing with that dealing with things like telling the kids what the right decisions are, which surgery to go for, what the right choice is for you, whether it comes back, whether you're gonna be, so there's so many implications to you finding out this news. And I just, as I said, it, it's so many people go through it in silence, but ultimately, um, if you don't share your journey and how you're feeling, then, then more people are gonna go through it in silence. And I think, don't expect me to respond to everything. And I, I just wanted to, you know, be able to share it in a way that hopefully if anyone's going through something similar, they can also feel they can share it or reach out or reach out to someone because there will be people that come back and say, oh, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. And there's something to take from all those stories. Um, I don't know what to say now, really, Liana, but... Um... This is it's, it's been a, a different um, interview for us today, though, Vicky and Amy. And thank you very much for, for joining us. And Liana, you've got 1,600 people wishing you all the best of luck for tomorrow. Well, Claire, I mean, I'm going to end it on a positive note because these you're not going to get Vicky and Amy off without sharing the one oh, right. learning. Because I'm all about let's give the group as much as the, as, as as you know positivity learning as we can get from our incredible guests. So I would like you, Vic, share your one learning, something that you think the group can benefit from hearing, and something you've done that's really been you know a, a big thing in your life for you. Um, well, I'm going to pull straight off of what we were just talking about um, because, and the reason I mentioned it is because it's been something that's really helped empower me and given me direction and clarity and something to work towards. And that's um, having firstly a set of kind of personal defined values and principles, as well as a vision and absolute clarity on where it is that I want to go, what I want to achieve and so on and so forth. And exactly the same for the business as well. You stand for nothing and you fall for anything. So you have to have things in place that keep you aligned. Um, that's why I could straight away resonate with your purpose and go, oh my God, look, look at this in action. You know, like no matter what you're going through, you have your purpose and it, it drives your decision-making. Um, and we've ended up some, with something beautiful and incredible off the back of that. So thank you for that. Um, and also the importance of, of learning and development is something I go on a lot about and I am yeah, pretty obsessed with the intake of knowledge because I don't know any of the answers until I go about pursuing them or learning them or making mistakes and learning from them. So if I have to rely on making mistakes, I'm cool with that, they're learning opportunities, but then what else can I be learning and who from in order to further you know, learn, grow, develop, and, and pursue the goals that I set out. So take a real interest in, in that personal development. It makes all the difference, but having a clear set of 
values and the purpose will drive all of your decision making. And we've just seen that really beautifully in action today. I know it's really devastating what we're talking about, but it's beautiful too. So thank you, Liana. Thank you, Vicky. And Amy, I know that, you know, you with your anxiety and all the things that you've been through and conquered, what, what, what can you share with us? I don't know how to top what Vicky just said. I think I'm going to be cheeky. I'm going to have two. The first one, find yourself the most supportive partner in the world. Um, so <laughs> I found Vicky and uh, life changed dramatically for me. And um, the support, you know, you can imagine our, our conversations over dinner every night. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, the second one, I think, really is if the, you... And I've been through this very recently. If you are unhappy, if you are in any way not happy, comfortable, growing, learning and not feeling right in your current role, then just do something about it and and go for it. And trust me, you will find the right role for you and you've got to have that whether it's from somebody else or from inside yourself, that kick to do something about it um, because happiness is the most important thing. And I've recently been through a place where I wasn't happy and to have the support I had was incredible. But to just, this is going to sound terrible, but as Nicola Broman told me, another awesome lady in our industry, rip the plaster off, grow a pair of balls and do something about it. And you replace it with a pair of ovaries because I maybe feel like not. growing a, a big yeah, pair, a pair of, of ovaries, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But just just if you are not happy in your current role and you are not being treated as you should, then move because there are some awesome employers out there. Where you're working isn't the be all and end all. The grass can sometimes be greener on the other side. It isn't always, but a lot of the time it is. And I just think happiness is the most important thing. And I think you two ladies, again, a testament to that. You risked ESPXP and the self-employed model. It's utterly paid off for both of you. Um, you're so successful. Um, but that's for anybody, whether you're in corporate, whether you're an independent agency, whether you're self-employed, whether you're a hybrid, whether you're in prop tech. If you're not happy, then just do something I about it. I, I've got a 22-year-old daughter who's she's still at university anyhow, but she's doing a job this this summer, and she said, "Oh, do you get that? We're having a drink in the garden last weekend." She said, "Do you get that that Sunday evening feeling, Mum?" And I said, "Do you know what? I don't. You know when it's that dread of going back to work the next day." And I said, "100 percent, I don't." And it's that's absolutely true. Life's too short, right? I, so yeah, make exactly. yourself Previous happy. Role I did, and it's kind of. You, we spend too many hours at, at work to be miserable there. If yeah, sitting maybe. on a checkout in, I'm going to say Waitrose, made me happy, that's what I'd do. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with it. If, if you're happy there talking to the customers, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just be happy. Liana? Okay. Yeah, I know we're going to round it up. Vicky and Amy, um, thank you for, our being, for being our guests. Uh, I won't see everybody for a little while, but as Sarah Ed, the amazing Sarah Ed, 
um, says you're going to be a better version. So I will be Liana Laporto Brown version two. <laughs> Coming back. And then we'll, then we'll come back and do a really happy interview because I'm not yeah. my usual. It takes a lot to be like a little bit subdued for me. <laughs> As anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I'm usually like, ah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to do this again in in cancer-free times. Consider <laughs> it done. So our version two of the interview will be done with version two. Yeah. We'll have a glass of champagne in our hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Let's that. just do it face to face. Next one, yeah. we'll do, yeah, we'll absolutely. come back and do the conference. The conference. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today, and yeah, love you all. Um, yes. We will uh, speak soon. Bye. Best of luck tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.